it simple, really. Great stories with a good cup of tea. It's the Tea with Mike show. On this episode of the show, we welcomed uh, Maddie to the show. Uh, Maddie told a whole bunch of stories related to teaching, um, his work in um, local churches, uh, fundraising, and also uh, the blog that he creates. So grab a cup of tea, uh, sit back and enjoy. All right, guys, uh, welcome uh, to the Tea with Mike show. Uh, joining me uh, for this one is uh, Matty. Welcome to Tea with Mike. Welcome. Thanks for having me. And no problem. So uh, this must be the earliest because of the time difference that a guest has ever joined me. Uh, so so uh, whereabouts are you in the world and what time is it? Yeah, um, I live and teach on the island of Saipan, which is Mariana Trench area, so Philippines, Japan, so on the other side of the world of where Mike is right now, and it is 5.30, well, actually 5.41 in the morning. Awesome, so uh, so thanks for getting up early and being here, so let's uh, jump right in. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about you? Yeah, so as he said, my name's Matt or Maddie. Uh, I go by a lot of different titles. Uh, Pastor Matty Ice is the handle for social media stuff. So that's what I go by. But a little bit about me. Um, I just am a pastor. So there is that religion part. But more than spiritual, there's also the social. And I just love to pour into communities, um, whether it be in the States, which is uh, where I was a pastor previously, but also a nonprofit administrator and just stuff like that. So I love pouring into people. And I've done that all over the world, uh, been able to teach and been able to lead teams and do construction projects. But the thing that I really am passionate about now and as of late is helping uh, provide clean running water to developing countries around the world. So we either teach local congregants in the States or local youth groups or whoever there, also on our YouTube channel and our Facebook, we teach them how easy it is to make a difference around the world. It's just so simple and we can just use our talents to do what we can do to make a difference and provide clean running water because it's something that we all need. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh yeah, and I'm engaged and I'm coming home for the summer to get married. Awesome, congratulations on that one. So how has, I guess it's an obvious question, but how has uh, the pandemic affected um, the message and the mission and the operational work that you're trying to do and spread around the world in different communities, you and I'm sure lots of other people that you work with. Yeah. So, you know, the main thing is here on the island, it's been difficult because you can't travel. So some of the projects we were hoping to accomplish, um, but for the longest time we were virus free here. So that was really cool. Cause you know, they locked the doors and nobody can really come in, but, um, there was, you know, there've been maybe this whole time now our Island only has like 40,000 people, but, um, there've been, I don't know, 14 cases this whole time. Um, but as a result, we also have lost a lot of tourism. So I've really just started pushing how can we just see that we can still make a difference some way maybe it's not so much running water but like actual drinking water but it's a way that we can live so um for instance a lot of people are having emotional turmoil or you know and i've really called it an emotional pandemic and a relational pandemic it's not so much a biological pandemic but it's something that affects us emotionally and relationally 
And so the same as people who don't have clean running water all around the world, we don't have things. And maybe it's support emotionally or relationally. Yeah, there's the toilet paper and all that stuff too. But like, how how can we get people? And so I've just been, we've, we've hosted a virtual retirement party, a virtual mission trip, doing a virtual graduation, um, doing a virtual like field day. I'm a PE teacher. So those types of things, how can we, pour into people. And as we continue to build the platform, well, once this all goes away, it's like, oh yeah, <clears throat> once this all goes away, then we can just keep pushing in. This is just an easy and practical way. Um, and then also planning on whenever we're home for the summer, how can we <clears throat> raise at least enough? <clears throat> Excuse me. How can we at least raise enough money for um, one well is, is our hope for this summer before we come back. So, yeah. Awesome. And then, so let's take it back kind of more towards the beginning. How how did you kind of get involved with and develop an interest in this uh, line of work? Ah, so as far as traveling, it's, you know, the same for everybody. You just want something more. Growing up in Indiana, I never really realized the beauty of home. And so it's like, ah, this is just corn. And as I traveled around, one, I loved, I loved the world. But what I loved more than anything was Indiana. And, you know, once I, I'm on a two-year contract here. And so once I'm finished here, next year I will will move home permanently and, you know, reside in Indiana because there's just something great about the Midwest that we can accomplish something. And so a lot of people may be like, I hate Indiana. It's boring. It's ugly. It's whatever. But and I'll post pictures and they're like, aren't you lucky you have a beach? And I'm like, Indiana can be beautiful if you let it. So I to show them that they can be proud of where they are and then accomplish great things. But the other part about running water is uh, last, um, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years almost maybe, um, I bought a, I, I got a dog and she's hypoallergenic. And, um, and so for those of you who don't know what hypoallergenic is, if you have a dog allergy, you're not allergic to her because she has hair instead of fur. So I wanted a clean dog, hypoallergenic, and I wanted a running dog and I wanted her to be an inside dog. So I run, you know, at the time I was running like six miles a day, but eventually she can't run that far. So I run, you know, probably six to 15 miles a week. But anyway, so I wanted a clean dog, a running dog and an inside dog. And I was like, you know, I'm going to name her water. Everybody's like, what? And I'm like, well, who doesn't want clean running water inside? And it was just a joke, really. And I just named her water. And this is my stand in for water because water can't come here because, um, the, the the island is clear of all dog diseases and viruses so you would have to go through a bunch of paperwork and a bunch of quarantine and all that for the dog you know several months so anyway she's staying in the states with a friend so uh but anyway i had this clean running water and i was and she and i ended up running i don't know 15 20 miles a week every week and it just hit me that the local denomination of which i'm a part they were having a huge running water campaign and trying to raise money. And everyone always talks about how cute this thing is. And I was like, you know, we can raise, we can raise money for these projects because I have a dog named water and she runs. So then we started making videos and started making videos for them. Um, I have this t-shirt. I put her face on a t-shirt, put her face on a water bottle, did some other fundraisers and we've raised, I don't know, probably close to $5,000. And I'm just a pastor with a dog who happened to know how to start a Facebook page. And so that's what I'm trying to talk about. Like, how can you make a difference? Um, 
and I said that for years. I'm like, I'm just a pastor with a dog who somebody gave me an iPhone and we've been able to raise some money. So great story on that, the, on the, on the branding side of uh, things, which will help in future fundraisers. Was it, so uh, when you were grow, growing up, what was some of your like interests in school? Um, was, were there any um, people that influenced uh, your childhood, which helped direct you uh, down this path of wanting to make a difference? Yeah, I think like most people would be, I didn't realize until later, but my parents. So, you know, you're growing up and your parents, like I had a really, really, really good childhood. My parents are great. I tell them all the time they should write a book about parenting. They're they're <laughs> great people. But what I'm saying is, you know, you just don't realize, one, the Indiana thing. My dad has lived in the same house his entire life. So there's that. And I'm like, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you going? You know, he was a law enforcer and he had opportunities to relocate and maybe even work for the, the FBI and those sort of things. He's like, nah, I'm good right here you know, uh, just the county sheriff's deputy. And I was like, why don't you want, and then later in life, I'm like, I get it. Like pour into where you are, love the people. And then my mom would have impacted the other side, you know, because she just loves people. She just loves people. Some people might be like, man, your mom is just annoying because she just loves them so much. She's like, I'll do anything for anybody at any time. And I'm like, wow. And so put the two of them together, dad's passionate right where he is. And then mom's just like, I love anybody at any time if you need something. And so while I was in undergrad, people would call her mama Murphy because she would drive three hours to come watch our tennis matches. And, you know, just because she loved us and she would take us out to dinner and bring, she would send back pots of chili and she was just mama Murphy. So. Uh, very nice, man. So, uh, can, can you give some, uh, as much as you can uh, share, can you give some, like, maybe some specific examples of where you've uh, directly um, impacted maybe somebody's life on a more individual basis? Well, that's a, that's, that's a really good question, Mike. So, I think um, being able to uh, share and we'll, we'll start with the states. So having students there who, you know, I was in a socially underserved neighborhood. And so that means just like with everything, it's, it's spiritually, it's socially, it's relationally, all of it underserved. And just being able to go to basketball games, because I love basketball. And these, these students, whether it be fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, they were in my neighborhood. I played basketball with them. They hung out. They would come over and play 2K. And just being able to go to their games with them and being able to just hang out with them or being able to just ride in the car with a student, because I try to not do anything alone. And so it's like, hey, I have to as a as a local church pastor when I was in the states, I have to go get a birthday card, or I have to go run to a, a hospital to visit. I have to do something, and I would just ask a couple of the students or a student or whatever, hey, do you want to go with me? To so just pouring in again, it's not something big, it's not something huge. Yeah, we've raised some money. I've been able to travel the world. I've been able to tell people and give them hope, and you know, let them see that today is not the only day. That there is a tomorrow. That they can keep pushing. They can keep trucking. And some things bad. Sometimes bad things happen, like real bad things that you think you just want to give up, and that's fine. You can give up tomorrow, and then if you keep saying that, you'll never give up. Just keep. Keep procrastinating. That's the one thing you can procrastinate about is giving up. And so 
I've been able to do those things, but really the biggest joy for me is just pouring into friends and family and uh, hanging out with them. And again, that goes back to the tagline of our running water events. Just make a difference with what you have. It's really simple. As, uh, okay, so obviously uh, you, uh, you love traveling. So how many uh, different countries in the world have you been to? Oh, not that many. We just did a video on um, how to pack a backpack for traveling around the world. And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I just started traveling later in undergrad. So only like nine, 10 years now. And I've been in seven countries and I was so excited. And then I asked Victoria and she's like, I don't know, like 15 or 16 or something. And I'm like, dang it, you know, but, but uh, she spent a year in England. And then, so as a result, she was able to hit a bunch of others. And whereas I've just been to a bunch of islands and yeah, so different, different type. Okay, so so the uh, the places that you've uh, been to, is there any that stand out to you that have left an impact on you? But definitely the Philippines. That was the second place I went, but that's where I did my internship in college. I spent two months there, and I've been back several times since. And um, now I pretty much go once a year, once every other year. We have a, a teaching team there. Um, we teach. It's a, a big conference, so we teach um pastors and teachers you know just how to be difference makers and different influencers um and so we do that once a year every fall and then i teach at another like seminary type thing there too for pastors specifically but yeah the people there and they say the tagline of the philippines is it's more fun in the philippines and they're not lying at all like it's just they are fun fun (laughs) people yeah and I think going back to an earlier question, Mike, is that's what I would say about traveling the world and me impacting others. I don't impact others. Like they impact you and you know that. And like the people on the show, they know that, that we don't impact other people as much as they impact us. And maybe, just maybe we can pass that on to somebody else. Also, a nice perspective on the question that I asked. So let's see. So of the, of all, of some of the different types of things you've done, so uh, I guess teaching and um, the fundraising aspect, first of all, uh, what, what have been some of uh, the challenges and opportunities of those uh, particular roles? Yeah, teaching um, is, is, can be difficult wherever you teach. And then whenever you teach in a different country or a different culture or whatever, just figuring out those cultures can be a little difficult, especially if you have like I'm a, like I said I'm a PE teacher. I also teach Bible, but specifically PE because I teach all the grades PE. And you know the the craziest thing for me, and I read a book during grad school about um, different cultures, and one of the authors said how it's it's just impossible for a person in the states to be a a true teammate there's always going to be some egoism they're always going to try to be padding their stats or pushing their agenda or whatever and i'm like no that's not the case and then i came to a a communal like focused island and it's like no that's absolutely accurate because a lot of times the students here they just can't be individuals it's they can be competitive but it's like it's just the complete opposite and so as a pe teacher I like competition and they're like, they love, they love competition, but communal, you know, they love their whole team winning. And so just changing those games a little bit so that they can actually enjoy them because otherwise they're not interested and you have to be able to apply it. Um, so that just 
that culture. And as far as the raising money, everybody wants to raise money, Mike. And it's that that would be the difficult thing. They're like, oh, here here comes another person asking for some money. And until you go, and I mean, we have it easy here. Like all I have to do to get water is walk to the mobile, which is right across the street, buy a five gallon jug and walk back. And like, it's, it's simple. Yes, I don't have the luxury a lot of people in the States might have where they just turn on their faucet that has the reserve, reverse osmosis system below and it just comes out water. But I have it a lot easier than my Filipino friends and, you know, um, my West African friends, like I have it a lot easier than, than they do. I actually can get clean drinking water and my friends in, in India, like, so yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, but a lot of people don't realize how difficult it can be. And they don't, they don't even realize how difficult it could be to wash clothes. When I was in the Philippines, they had a huge storm and like, a lot of things were ruined and we needed to go wash clothes. So we went into this village or, or the whole college students, we went down there and uh, we start washing clothes in like the dirtiest river I've ever seen because it just had a huge, you know, a huge rainstorm. And so obviously it's coming off all the hills and it's just muddy and gross. And they're down there washing their clothes in it. And it's stories like that that people don't really see and they don't really think about. So whenever you say, hey, could you help out with 30, 40, 50 dollars? They're like, why would I? And I'm like, this is why. Oh, cool. And, and then so obviously um, you've met a lot of different people uh, with in different cultures and obviously uh, uh, backgrounds. What what's what is out of everything that you do what is one thing do you appreciate the most that maybe another person might not so for example meeting experiencing different cultures and meeting people of all different backgrounds if that makes sense yeah it does um I, the easiest question is the, the easiest answer is people i mean that's something anyone who's traveled will tell you it's the people and yes, the views are cool and the, the food is fantastic. Being able to scuba dive next to turtles, being able to ride on things that, you know, I'd never heard of before, like Skylabs where you have a motorbike and then there's two pieces of wood next to you and you have to put equal weight on it to balance this thing. And this guy has like 12 people basically on one motorcycle and he's going over paths that are like this. That's cool. Those are good stories. People love them. People love the pictures. They love the videos. But it's the people. Like it's that guy working that, and all you have to do is pay him the equivalent of fifty cents for this however long ride you take. And yeah, just getting to hear his story and getting to know how passionate and how dedicated he is to providing for his family um, and the long hours he works just to get that 50 cents for the ride. And again, I, you know, I've, I've noticed I've talked a lot about money. It's not about the money because that's what that's what you also learn going about. It's not about money. Plane tickets are expensive. Um, food can be expensive on islands like here. The, the money doesn't matter. It's, it's the people and giving to them and allowing them to give back to you and yeah, that's what I would say. Just meeting really, really cool people. Awesome. So from our conversation so <clears throat> so far, I get the impression that you that you're quite adventurous. You you like you like to keep things interesting. Uh, if you if you go back towards the towards the beginning, um, did you ever have doubts about traveling the world and embedding yourself in uh, other people's 
uh, cultures because for some especially the third world countries it, some people might think it's quite scary because it's not the luxury that they used to yeah as far as that no never however the one thing i was scared about the first time i i traveled um, I remember the summer before I went to the Philippines for a summer. So this would have been 2010. I was serving at a local church as an intern there. And the church women can be fantastic. And they're just like, hey, we want to make you dinner. We want to make you dinner. We want to hang out with you. And, you know, as a single guy hanging out, just <laughs> doing, not making much money, these older women who could be like my grandma, they're like, hey, come on over. And I'm like, they're like what do you like? I said, I'll, I'll eat any food except for fish and vegetables fast forward 365 days and i live a summer in the philippines which they mainly eat (laughs) yeah so having having that was like uh you know not only just eating fish but also seeing the fish head and you know the person you're sitting with was like hey are you gonna you're gonna eat that and then another guy is like who has been able to hang out with um, Americans. He's like, hey, I'll eat the head. You guys don't have to, you know. So having those nice people. But the the food would have been the thing. But again, you, you learn to love it. You eat it, whatever it is. And just, you'll get a snack when you get home. <laughs> very cool. And, and um, a little side note, it actually looks uh, very beautiful where you are. Is the sun just rising? Because uh, yes. behind you, we got the, the sun coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the sun is actually over there, but this is a white wall, and uh, it would be very bright if I turned the camera around. But behind me is the ocean on the other side of that wall, oh, and wow. then um, it's like 100 yards that way, and then the mountain. So there's one mountain and one ocean. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but there's one mountain in the middle, and so the sun rises over the mountain for me and then sets in my backyard, which is called the ocean. It's from what you from what from what you described, it sounds like a, a very magical location. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the the tropical island feel. Um, it's 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 pretty great. It's pretty great. Awesome. So I guess uh, t- today's uh, tea fact for the episode is a uh, black tea. Hang on, black tea is um, the most p- popular uh, variety of tea. Um, it accounts for over 90% of the uh, tea used um, in, in the Western world. And that comes from delishably.com. That's, that's today's tea fact. All right. Very interesting. It's, it's kind of interesting because obviously I have to do research to find all these uh, tea facts in it. And, and like lots of things in the world, it's just fascinating. Uh, uh, what, you, what you can learn about the culture and the history of tea. Yeah, so what's your favorite tea, Mike? So my favorite tea is Yorkshire tea. It's kind of a strong okay. black tea. Mm-hmm. And I put a, t- like a tiny bit of milk in it. Once, it, once in a while, I'll drink a, another tea if I'm at someone's house. But you know, there's certain things in life where you stick with what you like. And mm-hmm. we use uh, uh, one of them. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. So like I said, I don't really typically drink tea that much, but I will, and I love fruit tea. And so I have a bunch of Lipton tea packets. And then when Victoria moved over here to get her job at the college, I was like, hey, I got this. And she's like, what are you? No way. Like, so she's, yeah, the 
tea snob is what she would call herself, not me. But um, yeah, I'm like Lipton tea is fine. You put milk, but I do remember the first time I made her her cup of tea, and I was so excited. I'm like, man, because I drink coffee like half and half, half coffee, half milk, and so. Once I found out you can put milk and tea, I never knew that. Once I found out you could put milk and tea, I said, oh, I got this. So I, I put the milk in there, and then I put her tea on top. And she's like, what did you do to this? Um, I didn't realize you're only supposed to put like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of milk. Yes, because otherwise you just got rid of the entire like tea, like tea bag, and you're essentially drinking milk. It almost looks like great dirty dishwater. <laughs> Uh, cool. So, so, so another thing uh, you, uh, you mentioned is you like blogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, 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 do you write write your own blog for fun, or do you, or do you more document uh, your experiences in uh, teaching and fundraising? Yeah, on the on our blog site, which is runningwatereventscom um, I have several different tabs on there because I am a pastor and there is the spiritual aspect, but I do understand that some people don't want that and that's fine. And um, some people on our team and who helped me with the, the blog and with running, uh, with raising money, you know, they don't share the same spiritual aspect as me. And again, it's whatever because we also raise money for social awareness and to make sure that people get clean running water. Yes, I have an intent to let's tell them about Jesus, but again, people still need to drink water. Like there's yeah. that. So, um, so there are different tabs on there, and there are street stories, and there's letter from the pastor, and I try to keep the spiritual aspect to the letters from the pastor or the desk of the pastor, whatever that tab is, and the others are are strictly about running water and about culture and about travel. And so that's that. And then I recently started this, um, uh, our YouTube channel, which that's Pastor Matty Ice. I know a little confusing. One's running water events, one's Pastor Matty Ice. But the reason I did that is I realized that in our culture, for some reason, not many people like to read as much, but they'll sit there and listen to me tell a story. So most of, most of our videos are just me telling a story and then I'll put clips over of the images and a little bit of the journey, but it's just me telling a story because, you know, for the, like I said, past nine, 10 years, I come home and that's what people want. They want me to tell them a story about what happened or tell me about the houses, tell me about the money, tell me about the food. And I'm like, fine, I'll just, I'll just set the camera up, push the button and tell you a story. And, you know, people seem to enjoy it. Cool. So, so, so uh, moving moving forward, what are some of the? Do you have like a long term vision for any of these projects, or is it more about just uh, just doing the small little things in your utmost every little day, and then over a long period of time, that's going to make a significant impact? I think for for me, the current plan is, you know, like I said, we're we're here for two years. One year down, and then so after the next year, going back to the states, and I have to finish my doctorate, so you know there's that. But um, after we finish that, then just being able to continue with what we're doing and focus on the blog and the YouTube and just sharing stories, and again, being a part of a denomination, which is just a group or a collection of churches, I'll be able to go to those groups and those. Uh, camps and conferences and those things so there are clusters of people and you know if i 
um, am fortunate enough to get in clusters of people of, of schools or you know convocations and after school programs and things like that because on the videos on the YouTube channel much much earlier of course because she's not here with me now I have a lot of videos of my dog and I because she does some cool tricks and so she and I will go to these camps because kids love dogs and, and water has some cool tricks one of which um, is, is our primary thing she can hold whatever you put on her nose she can hold it there um, and one time I tried because people were like how long do you think she would do that I'm like I don't know so I tried it and she held a carrot I'm not lying a carrot on her nose for 10 minutes 10 minutes so she just sat there, looked right at me. I'm like, this is crazy. Um, people said that was rude. And so for you animal activists, I just do want to let you know that immediately after that, I sat down to do a work on my computer and I have a Mac and my little spinny wheel spun for 10 minutes and made me wait. So, I mean, I guess the karma or whatever's out there is like, hey, you make her wait, I make you wait. I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. My computer crashed after that, I had to get it rebooted. But Anyway, so maybe I need to stop making her wait for 10 minutes. Um, but I think for us, we just do, we want to travel and just continue showing people where they are that they can make a difference. Going to the, the local schools or local churches or local camps and conference, whatever it is, and say, hey, you can make a difference right where you are. That's right where you are relationally. Oh, I only have four friends. Well, make a difference with your four friends. You're financially, I only have $10. Make a difference with your $10 and your your age. Everything that we have, you can make a difference right where you are. Do it now. And it doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be something huge. You can just help one person a day. Just do something to make a difference. What does make a difference mean? That's up to you to decide. And it can be a lot of different things. That's what we're going to try to keep doing and continuing with that and just educating people and hanging out. Um, that's what I'm getting my doctors in is adult education. So being able to just teach people how, how, how simple it is to, to just be a human. I mean, um, because that's what, again, yeah, I, there's the word pastor and some people, hopefully you didn't turn off if that's not your thing because it's more than that. Yes. There's the spiritual aspect, but it's a social aspect. Like, People need water. People need to feel loved. People need to feel connected. And uh, for you, maybe introverts out there or, you know, distant uh, extroverts who are like, well, this social distancing thing has been perfectly fine for me. Like I've had friends. They're like, I've been practicing for this thing for my whole life. I love this. This is fantastic. And so maybe you're like, people don't need to be loved. But if you think about it, everyone needs connection in some way. I might need it a little bit more than you or a little differently than you, but we all need it. And it's super easy to give it to people. Well, yeah, another another great answer. So as we come to the end of our conversation today, is there anything that you'd like to ask me? Well, I asked you about the tea thing. That's what I was most interested in. And you're just like a lockdown on, on one thing instead of uh, a variety. But I think the, the other question I would ask for you is something very important here, Mike. <clears throat> if you were crossing the desert, would you rather ride on an elephant or a llama? No, we wait. Well, I think... <laughs> I think an elephant. An elephant. All right. All right. That, that's that was my one burning question, Mike. So, what, 
does that tell you anything about me? Or, well, it, I don't know if it does, so I've I've been working on a again a book, but then I realized maybe people don't read as much, so I use it just for fun now. Um, I might end up putting a book out later about this. I have some other books um, too, but this book specifically was called Twenty Questions for a Perfect First Encounter, and the whole focus of the book was about how can we get because a perfect first encounter is seeing, do I want to have a second encounter with this person? So a first encounter, a perfect first encounter is not just, I enjoyed this time, but how can I make another time with this person if I enjoyed it? And being able to identify that. So that's one of the questions, that was the primary question. Um, and so I've asked that question the most all over the world to people at, at anywhere you can ask someone, gas stations, airports, wherever <laughs> people are, I've asked that question. and. Typically, again, all findings vary, but typically an elephant rider is a person who loves family, loves stability, loves comforts, just loves knowing that the journey is going to get them to the destination. It's just, we're going to go. Whereas a llama rider like myself, we typically say, we're gonna get there when we get there and we're gonna have fun doing it. And more free spirited, more fun loving. Um, and so those are the, basic differences between elephant riders and llama riders. Did I get it right? Is, is that about you? Well, I, I, I quite actually, the, the llama sounds uh, like more like me, except I think the only reason why I picked the elephant because um, in the environment of the desert is because the desert environment is unfamiliar to me. So, so I wanted to go with something like sturdy that could navigate, I guess, the terrain a, a little better. So that's why yeah, I the question. Yep, and that's why a lot of people, that's why it works that way. Elephant's more sturdy and a llama's just like, what is it? Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> the desert is unfamiliar to you, huh? Exactly, yeah. Well, th thanks uh, so much, Chef, for spending some time with me today. Well, thanks for letting me be here, Mike. Absolutely. It was so much fun. And Water says hi, too. Hi, Water. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, this was another episode of the uh, Tea with Mike show. Uh, thanks again, Maddie, for being on. All right. Thanks for letting me be here, Mike. And you'll be able to watch uh, this episode of uh, Tea with Mike at teawithmike.com. It's the Tea with Mike show.